Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz, and I'm the Youth Director here at Sardis Fellowship. This week, Pastor Rod Happel and Dan Reese will be doing a presentation on Trans World Radio Canada. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Today is a special day because we have a guest speaker, um, Dan Reese, who is the president of Trans World Radio Canada. He's here with his wife, Melody, as well, and also Lindsay Clark, who is the donor engagement uh, person who kind of sets up these tours out west here, and so they're here in the front. Um, Hi, guys. I want to tell a little bit of my story about my connection to Trans World Radio Canada, and then I'm going to call Dan up to share. Um, You know, we're just singing a song about how great God is, and you're going to hear stories about God at work around the world. Um, I've been connected with Transworld Radio Canada through a particular ministry that does Bible conferences in Armenia uh, for Persian people. Dave Lee and myself, this is over 10 years ago now, it was back in, I think, 29, or 209, um, 2010, and then 2011. We went over the course of three years. I went twice, Dave went twice. And uh, we taught at these Bible conferences, and it was really special to be able to speak to people who are kind of sneaking out of their country to be able to come there to take in Bible conferences. And um, it's through Transworld Radio Canada that we had that connection. So that was kind of a really close connection I had. And uh, our family has um, supported this ministry for years, and so I was quite aware of a number of other things. But it took me by surprise two years ago when Dan came out from eastern Canada uh, to visit Western Canada, and he calls me up and says, can we go for a walk? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Now, I knew of Dan Reese because his brother's Paul Reese, and he's sitting right there, and his wife is Lydia. And Paul and Lydia and my wife and myself, we uh, did a young adult ministry back in the day at Cloverdale Baptist. I won't say how many years ago that was. 30. Um... But uh, so I, I knew of the Reese family. And uh, so when Dan invited me, I said, sure, let's go for a walk. And on that walk, something happened, right? Um, I became far more aware of the ministry and what you guys were doing worldwide. And it goes way beyond radio. It's about technology and media and the way in which God is using technology and media to reach people and connect them with local churches and stuff like that. It's absolutely fascinating. If you're a person that likes technology and you care about the gospel being shared, then I want you to stick around afterwards to ask your questions of Dan and his team and and find out more about this work. But we went on that walk, and a few months later, he writes me a letter. And he said, Rod, I want to know if you would consider coming onto our board. So I called him, and I said, really? You need a pastor from British Columbia on your board in London, Ontario? You could probably throw a stone from your front doorsteps and find about 500 pastors in Ontario. Why do you need one from B.C.? which he didn't have a good answer for, except he liked me. Um, I I think there was some kind of uh, a bit of an affinity there, you know, and and that was special. And I said, you know what, Dan, to be honest, um, my wife Anne and I had been in Bolivia, South America, and she was the one who said to me, you know, Rod, it's kind of like a front row seat to missions, to global missions, what God is doing in our world. We haven't had that since we left Bolivia like 19 years ago. And so it was a real opportunity to sit on a board and to hear all the reports of what God is doing in China and India and Africa and, um, and Persian countries and stuff like that. And it's just like amazing. And I feel so blessed when I go to those meetings. I've been on the board just for a year now. So I've been in two meetings. And uh, Dan, I'd say, is more than just a president of the organization to me. He's become a friend. In fact, him and his wife took my wife and myself when we were out there in London. They took us to Niagara Falls, and there's a photo of it. And that was the first time I'd ever been there. Um, But you've become friends. And you are humble people serving the Lord. And those are the kind of people that I will support till the end of my life. So thank you for that. And I I do invite you to come up at this time, uh, Dan. But I do want to tell people here that afterwards, there's going to be a light lunch and an opportunity to just hear a little bit more of a presentation. 
And uh, if that is of interest to you, please stick around. There's plenty of food. And if you haven't planned anything, then stay. Uh, if you weren't planning to stay, stay anyways. If you have to leave, we bless you. But if you'd like to stay, we'd love to have you, okay? Uh, Dan, I want to pray for you as you share God's word with us and also the vision of Transworld Radio. Father, thank you for this man who had said yes to your calling to step into a role to be a president of a ministry right at the right in the middle of COVID. And you've taken him and you've allowed him to pull his team together and to cast a vision and to continue to keep this organization uh, clear on the gospel, clear on the love of Jesus Christ for all people in this world. So bless our hearts today as we hear about what you're doing. Uh, in Christ's name, I ask. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rod, and uh, greetings, friends. It's a joy for myself and my wife, Melody, and Lindsay uh, to be here with you today, and I do echo uh, what Rod said. Uh, we have developed a great friendship, I believe, with Rod and with Anne, and you are blessed people, but I know you know that already. Uh, but how many people have ever heard of Transworld Radio Canada before? Anybody Heard of us? Okay, there are a few of you out there, but there are a few that you, of you that haven't. So I'd like to play just a short uh, video here, if we could, which will just give you a couple of minutes worth of in introduction to the ministry. For more than 50 years, TWR Canada has partnered with people like you and local churches around the world, leveraging the power of media to help men, women, families, and communities come to know Jesus and share him with others. And while our legacy is radio, we are more than radio. Today in China, media-based pastoral training is equipping house church leaders to better teach and preach God's word. In the Philippines, a church network is seeing a growing discipleship movement in a predominantly Muslim area of the country. In India, next-generation digital ministry teams are answering life questions and building relationships through social media. But our work doesn't stop there. We are speaking hope to Latin America, the Caribbean, Europe, Africa, and even right here in Canada, we're working with the local expressions of the church to evangelize and disciple through media. But have you ever wondered how we do that? Well. It takes all of us. When we begin working in a country, we start by listening to local leaders because they know best. We listen to their unique challenges and needs, and together we strategize a way to share the hope of the gospel and disciple believers. And that is where you come in. When you partner with us, a studio is built or a radio station goes on the air to reach new audiences. When you partner with us, we produce a library of discipleship resources in a language that doesn't have any. When you partner with us, people in parts of the world hostile to the gospel safely receive programming in their heart. All right, well, I guess that's technology for us, isn't it? <laughs> All right, we can just... Uh carry on if it's uh, going to be a challenge there. Sorry, folks, maybe you can come for lunch, and uh, we can try to show that again, and, uh, and, uh, and tell you more about the ministry of TWR. And I'll just touch briefly on, on who we are, so you have some understanding. Rod's given a good description so far, but this is our 50th anniversary 
uh, for TWR Canada. And uh, so we're, we're traveling around the country just trying to uh, make people aware of that and, uh, and to celebrate as well. But for me, it's, uh, it's good to celebrate the past and look back, but really it's more important for me to be looking forward. What is God doing with us now, today, and in the future? And, you know, TWR uh, began, as I said, f- 50 years ago in Canada, but about 70 years ago globally, and we began using uh, the most cutting-edge technology of the day, which was radio. And, uh, and that's what we began using back, back in, the, in the 50s. But as the video said, we are more than radio. We now use, we still use radio where it makes the most sense uh, and it's most effective, but we also use newer technologies as well. And we have opportunity to, to work uh, from Canada directly with partners in, in uh, 50 countries around the world and in over 70 heart languages. Uh, but globally as a network, uh, TWR is, uh, works in virtually every country in over 300 heart languages. And uh, so it's a joy for us to, uh, to be able to do this and to carry on the great legacy of, of TWR. Uh, but one of the things you'll see there is that uh, uh, what, we, what we believe in is, uh, is our, our tagline, which is speaking hope to the world. And t- today I want to talk a little bit about hope. Uh, I'd like to take some time in Ephesians, and I want to contrast hopelessness and hope. If you'll bear with me for a little bit, let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, uh, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age he might show his incomparable riches of, of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created for, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that, uh, that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners by the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, We pray that you would uh, be with us this morning as we uh, explore some of your word and we contrast uh, hopelessness and hope today. Lord, I pray that we will find our ultimate hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to take a minute and just kind of uh, tell you a little bit about uh, where the passage, uh, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, not my brother Paul, uh, but the Apostle Paul uh, wrote this to the church in, in Ephesus. And it's, I think it's important that you understand, get some context 
uh, for where this took place. This is in uh, the port city in the Aegean Sea. It's in what's now Turkey. And it was ruled over time by the Greeks and by the Romans. And, uh, and there's a temple there for Artemis uh, or Diana, depending if you're Greek or if you're a Roman. Um, and I want you to remember that these are Gentile people. These aren't Jewish people. These are Gentile people that, uh, that, were, that Paul was speaking to. And, you know, Paul had, um, had actually spent some time in this city uh, he'd spent at least two years, and so these, he was writing uh, to his friends, and I think it's really important that we remember that. He's writing to encourage them, and, uh, and, and that's kind of the context for this. Um, as, as any good epistle from Paul goes, it really kind of goes like this, you know. This is an outline for, the, for most of Paul's epistles. You know, grace, I thank God for you. Hold fast to the gospel. For the love of everything holy... Please stop being stupid. Um, and Timothy says hi. If you go through many of his uh, sermon, many of his passages, uh, I saw that little uh, little meme there, and uh, and I thought, hey, that's that's fitting. Uh, but but what I do want to talk to you about is, uh, as I said, Paul wrote this. He was writing to his friends, and uh, and and he he was really wanting to encourage them, and and so as we look through. Uh, through this passage, uh, I want us to be thinking of uh, what is hope? In what are you putting your hope? Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas said this, faith has to do with things that are not seen and hope with things that are not at hand. It's about looking to the future. And C.S. Lewis wrote this, he said, hope is one of the theological virtues this means that a continually looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things that a Christian is meant to do. Amen. I like that. Thank you. Um, so what is hope? Um, I really, hope is, is this act of looking forward with expectation, looking for something in the future. And I really think that's, that's part of what our lives are in Christ, is looking forward uh, to the future. But what are you putting your hope in? You know, in this world, uh, some people are, are putting their hope in, in their possessions, the things that they own, the things that they have control over. Or they might put it in their, their position or prestige or how they're viewed in the community. Um, some people put their hope in their power, their ability to, uh, to exert uh, pressure and, and power over people. Um, and, and some people put their hope in people. Some people put their hope in a pastor or a, a leader of a, of a nation or, or other places like that. So those are some of the things that, that we can put our hope in. But I'd like to, uh, to spend some time just contrasting uh, a hopelessness and hope. If we, if we want to understand hope, we, we probably should understand hopelessness as well. And, and last March, a year ago, I a trip to, uh, to Kenya, and I went to this location up here, Kakuma, or Kakuma. Uh, it's a, a location up in the northwest corner of Kenya, and there I had the opportunity to go to a, um, a refugee camp, and uh, has anyone been to a refugee camp before in any part of the world? Ah, I see a few hands. All right, so some of you might understand this, but, but uh, this particular refugee camp uh, has been there for about 30 years. Uh, 
and it was uh, set up for uh, a group of, of young boys called the Lost Boys of Sudan. There was a, a, a movie made about it uh, several years ago. These were child soldiers that were put into a refugee camp. <laughs> and, uh, and now uh, there are over 200,000 people living in this refugee camp. And I had the opportunity to go in and to, to see this place here. And you can see that uh, the pictures that I have here, there's just a lot of desolation. I, I must tell you, as I was going into the camp, it, I just felt this sense of overwhelming hopelessness and despair. And, and, and it was just uh, something, yeah, the, the United Nations uh, uh, organization, they, they are only able to put about 1% of refugees back into their original homes and resettle them. Uh, and this particular camp has uh, people from over 30 countries uh, in Africa living in this refugee camp. And uh, they're there because this is, this is the best hope for them. And I was going through this, and I just could not believe what it was like. This is a graveyard. Uh, and you, it, it reminded me that some people are born here, some people live here, and then die here. Every month, 300 children are born in this refugee camp, into this poverty and desolation. And uh, I've, um, so how does Paul describe our hopeless situation. Let's look at that in, in Ephesians. Um, what we can see in Ephesians is that uh, Paul references that we were dead in our sins. Uh, we were deceived by Satan. You know, we were people of disobedience and we were detached from God. So these are how Paul was describing a hopeless situation to the people in Ephesus, in, in the book of Ephesians. And you know what? I, I want to, uh, I don't want to leave you in the despair of hopelessness. Uh, I want to remind you that uh, there is a remainder of the story, as, as Paul Harvey would say, and now for the rest of the story. Anybody know Paul Harvey? Probably falling dead on some people's ears, but that's okay. Um, look it up. <laughs> and uh, so, so now for the rest of the story. As... Uh, you know, our story doesn't end in hopelessness. I want us to look at a few uh, buts, as I call them, in Ephesians. There's two of them there. But because of his great love for us. Look at that. Great love for us. He was rich in mercy, and he made us alive. There is hope there, my friends. That is of hopefulness, not hopelessness. And the second but is, is there in... Uh, in verse 13, and I never did finish reading that verse, actually, so let me read it now. But now, in Christ, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Think about that, being brought near. There is great hope in being brought near through the blood of Christ. And for me, as I went into this refugee camp, I was, again, uh, hit by this hopelessness and this lack of, of, of anything that I would want to consider being hopeful. And yet I, we pulled up to this tin building and here we were greeted by these about 20 or so women and they were dancing and joyful. I've got a video but I don't think it'll play so I'll just let it sit there. Uh, again, this juxtaposition of coming from this hopeless place and then coming into the middle of camp to this tin building. And friends, this was a church in the middle of 
of the camp. And, uh, and I had the opportunity to witness these ladies just dancing and joyful. And if you could hear them, they were la 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 la. I mean, it was just a, the most amazing greeting that we were given. And, oh, hey, it does play, actually. <laughs> So, so imagine, again, passing by a, a graveyard and then being greeted by these people. It was just, it was an overwhelming situation for me. Um, and I found great hope in this location. Uh, they took us in uh, to this, uh, this building. There were about 200 children there. There was about another 100 adults. And for about three hours, the temperature was around 38 or 39 degrees. And I'm not built for that kind of heat. But for, for, for three hours, these children uh, and adults, they, they gave us uh, uh, different, they, they, they spent time telling us of, of the joy that they had in their hearts. They, some kids would recite scripture. Uh, they would, uh, does anybody know how many books are in the Bible? 66, very good. How many chapters in the Bible? Anyone know that? No, no. How many verses in the Bible? Does anybody know the middle verse? I mean, these are a lot of little statistics, uh, but what we had was these children were telling us these statistics. Now, you might think that's really not biblical or important for the, for, for the Bible uh, understanding. However, these children, what it showed me that they were being invested in, and I'll explain that in a moment, but these children were being invested in. People were teaching them uh, scripture and biblical truths and, uh, and, and, but why were they there and why were we uh, there in this location in Kenya? Well, uh, TWR Kenya uh, decided, they're an, a partner organization of ours, and they decided that they would put up an FM transmitter just outside of the camp. And in this, uh, from this location, they would broadcast into the camp. And one of the things that they would broadcast uh, is something called Bible Stories Alive. Now, uh, Bible Stories Alive is, is a, an organization here in Canada uh, that a lady by the name of Mrs. G uh, took, uh, Mrs. Griffith, she took the Bible in, and broke it into stories in an audio drama for children. And uh, so a, a visit with Mrs. G was something that we listened to back in, in the day, back in Ontario, where, where I was, I'm from. I remember that. And, uh, and, and what we've done, TWR Canada, has partnered with Bible Stories Alive and actually been able to translate uh, the content, the media content, into several languages, one of those being Swahili. And so from this location... Uh, just about 10 kilometers outside of the camp, they are broadcasting Bible stories alive. And they'll often, and there's the camp, just, just a few kilometers away, they'll often bring the children out every Saturday uh, to the transmitter site, to the studio, and the kids will, um, will, will be on air with them. And children will, uh, will listen to the radio station after the broadcast, uh, they will uh, call in to the station, and you say, Dan, how could they call in? Uh, well, it's amazing. Even in a refugee camp, 
people have cell phones. And uh, so the kids were able to call in. They, they would all gather around a radio and listen, and then they would call in and answer questions. They'd be able to, uh, to get prizes for, for what they were answering. And, uh, and, and so what it showed me, again, was that here we are. We're not just broadcasting into the air and hoping people listen. Uh, these, the people that were part of, of TWR Kenya, they were going into the camp, and that's what we did. They took me into the camp to meet with the children who were listening, and this was all a part of what they do. So it's not just about broadcasting and hoping people listen, but it's about engaging with the community. And for TWR Canada, it's so important that we have uh, people that are on the ground uh, connecting with local people that are hearing the stories, that are able to, to share with them, able to disciple them and bring them to a deeper understanding of who Christ is. So that was my journey from, from, from hopelessness to hope. But I'm going to ask you the question again. What are you hoping for? In what are you placing your hope? I hope that you would agree with me that we can place our hope in the person of Christ, who Jesus is. We can place our hope in the provisions of Christ, those things that he does for us and provides and gives to us. And I hope that you can put your hope in the power of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And my challenge to you today is that you would Remember that, that you would uh, acknowledge that it is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we have hope. And I hope this gives you hope today. I want to leave you with one uh, last verse in Romans 15, 13. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. So, Folks, I uh, appreciate you uh, allowing me to come and spend time here with you. Uh, we will be gathering afterwards. We've got more stories to share and more, uh, more details, more information about who we are. I would love to uh, meet with you and, and uh, get to know you as well as share more about this ministry. But thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Rod. Thank you, Dan. I think that you, um, when we were talking about this, I said, well, we want to kind of bring out God's word too. It's kind of the sermon, but, you know, share about Transworld Radio Canada. I think you erred strongly on the side of God's word and trying to show how Transworld Radio in one particular area is doing. That's great. But I want to say to everyone here, how many countries does Transworld Radio Canada work in, Dan? Roughly. Don't look it up on your phone. We work in, from Canada, we work in over 50 countries, um, but globally with our network in virtually every country around the virtually world. Virtually every country. Yep. That's good. Stay standing there. All right. I, like, All I right. didn't yeah, realize yeah. what you were doing when you, you were turning on your mic. I wasn't looking for notes. No. I, you weren't looking for your phone. No. That's good. No. Um, what would you say to people who are like going right now, I think I'm going to go home. Yeah. But maybe they might stay. What will you be sharing there? that would help them better understand what you're doing in the world? Well, I'd like to be able to share some stories that we can't necessarily share when we're live on air. So there are some okay. stories like that that are sensitive 
that uh, that we we seek to uh, to protect people. We need to be a little careful. So if you if you if you come, I can tell you a story about uh, uh, about Iran. How's right. that? I'll just leave it we'll there. We'll leave it there. We'll That's all I can there. say. Right. I like that. <laughs> um, how many various ministry tools and resources? Like Ooh. what? What do just list some of the sure. various things. That are going yeah. on that kind of go beyond radio. Certainly. So something that's really important for us is discipleship. You know, we really believe we must bring people to Christ. People must know who Jesus is, uh, must be invited to accept him. But then uh, people must also, we can't just stop there. We need to disciple people. And so one of the, the, the big areas that we're focusing on is discipleship. Now here in Canada and North America, uh, we've got lots of discipleship material, right? I mean, you probably don't have a Christian bookstore anymore in town, do you? <laughs> um, no, Abbotsford. Abbotsford, okay. So, I mean, but you can still go online and you can get all kinds of, of good discipleship material, Bible studies and group studies and things like that. Uh, but when you go into other parts of the world, they don't necessarily have those uh, tools available to them. And so uh, whenever we've partnered with organizations and needed to take... Uh, you know, give them discipleship material. We, we always look for what's our, out there. Uh, we've, we've found things, but every time we go to take it to another country in a different language, typically the people who've created the content want to, want to monetize it in some way, and that becomes difficult around the world in some of these challenging places. So the Lord's allowed TWR Canada to develop discipleship essentials, and this is about 130 lessons that, uh, that uh, will pe- take people from a very basic understanding of Jesus, uh, you know, who is Jesus, all the way to leadership and church leadership. And, uh, and we've been able to translate that now into 15 languages. It's free to use for anybody. Uh, so that's, that's something that's quite exciting for Give us. Give us a taste of the Philippines and one country in the world and one denomination that has chosen <laughs> to adopt this and how it's been used of God. Sure, well, we can share more of that at lunch, uh, but... That for was the one ones of the who won't stay here, just a nutshell. Just, just a nutshell. Just a little taste. Okay, so a different denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance in the Philippines. We bless them. Yes, they're good <laughs> folks. Um, but I was there in January and was able to travel around with them and see how intentional focus on discipleship in their church setting in churches. Uh, they started off about 10 years ago with 2,500 uh, churches throughout the Philippines. It's a pretty large denomination. Um, and uh, through intentional discipleship, they've now added over 700 churches, over 7,000 people have been baptized, and uh, it's just an incredible story of, of what God is doing uh, in the Philippines. So I'm not going to take away any more of your stories that you're going to share in the lunchtime, so we'll leave it at that. But I just wanted to get a little more of a teaser out That's there great. for people I, because there's perfect. probably at least 10 more different resources and yep. technologies and things that they're doing online we that you will find it. fascinating. Because yep. when I heard it first, the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, that is brilliant. And so if you're a person, like I said, that's interested in technology and interested in what God is doing in the world through technology, uh, there's an opportunity for you to come out and just hear a little bit more about that. But also because of the sensitivity, we won't be sharing it here. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. The, uh, The encore. Thank you. That was good. A little extra here. Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day and God bless.